put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. It's good to be here. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Fresh glory be poured on your head by the holy angels. We pray that the heavenly Jerusalem become a reality to your mind. You're renewed in your mind to the realm of faith, the invisible of the holy angels of the Holy Spirit becoming more real to your mind every day. We read and study and listen to the teaching and the preaching of the word of God from heaven so that the invisible world where God lives is more real to us than the natural world where Satan lives. Satan is called the chief of the beasts of all the field in Genesis. How many of y'all know we don't want to be amongst the beasts, the birds, and the reptiles of Romans 1 called hell? <laughs> if you're not in the faith of the glory realm, you will bear the image of the unbelief of the demonic realm. So it says about a people that don't believe and obey God's word, they bear the images of birds, beasts, and reptiles. Well, I look around, I don't see that. When the glory of God comes, it will reveal the birds, beasts, and reptiles. And I'm not talking about an iguana or a parrot either. I'm talking about demons. And it's time to deal with the demons of the curse of the fall, the dust of the earth that they live in, their food, and obliterate them into the lake of fire by a people that are rock solid in the Holy Spirit invisible realm with their whole heart lit up like a Christmas tree. Deliverance is the children's bread. So what are you having for dinner tonight? Fresh, sweet, deliverance, bread from heaven. The teaching of righteousness and the preaching of righteousness is going to set you free. If you can just let the word of God in to your heart and let it go ahead and just kick all of the enemy out. No other image, no other countenance, but the image and countenance of Yadhevave, the angel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most important thing, when the apostles asked the Messiah, how do we pray? In Matthew chapter 6, he said, you pray first and foremost for your daily bread, which is the food to nourish your spirit and your soul, not your body. You already know how to feed your body. <laughs> A little baby crying with no spiritual ability <laughs> will cry out for milk. Some people do need some maybe training on how to feed your body appropriately. And we're praying for that as well. You can find some basic instruction pretty much anywhere online these days. But be nice to the behemoth of your nefesh. But what we really need is the bread of heaven. Okay, so this is the most important thing according to Jesus Christ in Matthew 6 is the bread of the Father every single morning, which is the food for the eternal person. You need to begin that eternity right now by eating the food of eternity right now. Is it just any old teaching? No, it has to be what the Father is releasing today. Jesus said you will get that bread directly from the Father. How many all know directly from the Father means through all the angels? Amen. Through the spheres <laughs> of wisdom. 
That's the Wisdom's Gate. If you go daily, there are promises in the Bible that things will happen to you if you go to Wisdom's Gate and you wait there daily for your fresh bread, that fresh word from heaven. And that's when you find you'll start to synchronize with the apostolic, even if you're just, you know, day one, week one, year one or two in the army, uh, that you'll start to synchronize with what heaven is doing because you're also receiving that fresh bread. So you'll be able to provide aspects of that teaching. So even when you're young and you're immature, when you can't be teaching others, right, when you can't be teaching and correcting because you'll be taking on too much judgment and condemnation than you can handle in your wisdom and stature to be able to endure it without being completely destroyed, right? Or destroying others. Even when you're in a small form of your spirit or you have a low rung, that's fine. You show up to Wisdom's Gate daily, get that bread, and you're going to have fun revelating. You'll be able to contribute more and more of those aspects of revelation in the Word, right? No matter how old or young you are in Christ, you are meant to be a revelatory people, and so that is for you. Now, this is Leviticus 24, verse 5. You are also to take fine flour and bake 12 loaves, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Guys, in the holy place, they would place the 12 loaves before the ark, which is the food to nourish the souls of the nation of Israel, which you are members of. Don't sit there and say you're Irish or you're Russian or whatever, you're Kenyan. You're not. That's not true. The scattering of the nations is identification with Nimrod. Stop identifying with Nimrod, the Tower of Babylon, the Great, and the Antichrist. We need to identify entirely with Israel during these days. Why? Because it's a new covenant commandment. If you are not identified with the 12 tribes of Israel, how are you going to eat the showbread that is only set apart for the 12 tribes? The Bible teaches the bread of heaven only goes to Israel. Torah says, I will not speak to another nation. I will not even help another nation, it is written. But the issue is now the, the 70 nations that were scattered at the Tower of Babel by God, by Yadavave, are now through Messiah engrafted into Israel. He shall be a light to all nations, it is written. Here's the, here is the issue. Identification with the truth. The lie is your natural circumstance says something. Science says something. Your Greek education in America says something. They've been brainwashing us from birth to believe stuff that's not according to the invisible truth that holds the natural realm together. And many of them are doing it on purpose because the fallen angels and the sorcerers, the wicked and all of the evil people in the world can only rule the nations through lies. As is written, Satan is the father of lies. So those with greed in their heart, lust for power in their heart, wanting to control others, to be in charge, that are like the devils, can only rule by lying to the people. Therefore, when the truth comes forth, you must identify how much you've been lied to by your culture, by your nation, by your city, by your state. And it's not to get bitter. It's to get delivered and then become a deliverer. You are all deliverers. As you get delivered, it will flow out of you because the deliverance is Messiah that's being that's formed inside your hearts. I remember my shock and awe at just how demon-possessed everybody was 
coming around like the forefront of Christianity, finally finding it at the highest heights out of anywhere in the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, everybody is so demon possessed. I freaked out and I contacted Brandon and I said, there's so, everyone's so demon possessed. And he's like, mm-hmm, yep. And uh, that's when the pigs in the parlor, you know, Brandon was talking about that, you know, back way back then, you know, getting the pigs in the parlor. And he told me, he said, here, first get them out, read the book. First, get them out of yourself, and then you can cast them out of others. So I took that serious and uh, just started doing the a little bit of pigs in the parlor and then the book of Revelation into my eyes and ears and casting demons out every day. Again, that's it's a daily habit. It's a daily practice. Daily bread means daily deliverance, right? Because if the children's bread is deliverance, what does that mean? That means daily deliverance and daily teaching so that daily fresh word is going to come like a lightning crown of the father and zap those demons out of you casting them down how do they fall like lightning out of your body and into the abyss so make sure you loosen him out there don't just let him fly around the house just tell the angels the holy angels to bind them and burn them and throw them in the lake of fire because we've about had enough demonic activity in this world going on it's time to put an end to it so just a basic understanding of how it works so you can start doing that and so instead of just a couple of people doing that we get more people doing that imagine the majority of the population of earth constantly loosing and binding demons and throwing them out of the earth into the abyss on a regular basis until there's no more okay so we gotta start make that culture it starts with you you watching right now at home you and your family you and your husband and wife you and your kids and just get the basics of deliverance and how to build up the inner man so that there's no space for the demons to come back into and inhabit. Because when you're fed, and not just in your brain, right, that's why it's so sinful to use it for your brain or your own emotions or the scholar demon or whatever. Use it to build up your inner man, your spirit, and be revelatory people so that as the bread casts the demon out through progressive deliverance, and then as it comes to the surface every day, you're putting your hand on your belly and loosing it, Right, we talk in the women's group about every day, first thing when you wake up. It's a great way to start your day. Thank you, Father, for a great, you know, brand new day. Fresh said, right, that's the morning. Fresh grace for a brand new day. Fresh said, you know, to sweeten the judgments, to sweeten Gevra, and just rejoice in the Lord. And that just take you five seconds just to say that. You know, get up, go to the bathroom right away, and just put your hand on your spirit and loose anything that got on you or through the night. Just, you know, who knows what you might be dealing with and just loose it. And if you cough a little bit, just by faith, and you might cough something out. We have people loose and all kinds of stuff. Well, the toilet's right there in case you need it. You know, that's why I say go to the bathroom because you never know. A lot of times come they'll come out with mucus too. Yeah. So when the word comes in, the shadows come out. Amen. And so you just do that and then wash your hands and thank the Lord for a brand new start. If you had bad dreams, just let it go. Never let your dreams from the night before ruin your new day. You have fresh grace. You have fresh said. His mercies are new every morning. So a lot of times people get bogged down whether the dream was good or bad and they get anxiety about it or they wonder if they've decoded it or not. Look, you're still in the world of Asaya, which means it's very likely that your dreams are intercepted unless you're sealed right? Sometimes when you're sealed in righteousness and you're in a line with the apostolic, you have a better chance of getting those perfect dreams coming down, but you have to be really aligned for it to line up. And even then there's a chance that it could be, you know, messed with. So there might be some truth 
and some other things. And then there's the sovereign dreams. Again, if you align with those, and it's a perfect dream, even in the lowest, uh, the lowest of the heights of Isaiah, that can happen. God is God, and he just gives people a dream sometimes. Like, yeah, here you go. So, but if you need to scribe it, scribe it, but, you know, write it down, pray about it, and don't worry about it. Why don't worry about dreams? Because when you worry, you're sinning. So sin is never the answer to any problems. So fear and worry, which are sins, will never help interpret a dream. Sin does not interpret dreams, right? Joseph was a pure and righteous man, and that was a dream interpretation. So you can write it down, you can ask for help about it, but you know, unless you know that there's a message in there from God or there's something to be had about it, just move on with your day. Go ahead and loose whatever you need to loose and have a great, fantastic day. Put on some praise music, dance before the Lord, dance and clap your hands and praise God and just get ready for work and go, you know, get the kids ready, whatever you need to do and start thinking about others. Right. If you continue on through your mornings and you're, if it's like midday and you're still thinking about you, yourself and your dream and how it affects you, there's a bigger problem than the dream. That means you're not caring for others. Right. The next part of your day. Okay. Are you caring for your family? Well, you know, I don't have any family. I don't have any friends. Okay. You know, good. Welcome to the club. There's so many of us that lost everything to walk with Christ. And now we're starting to get our new family our new life, because the old life is just completely gone and destroyed. And that's a good thing. Amen. So if you're in that transition and you're like, I don't have anything, I don't have any money, I don't have any friends, I don't have any, you know, any family, you're in a good place. Anything that you've lost of those things to follow Christ, it's a promise in the Bible that he will give you more and even better than those things that you lost in, in those terms. So Go ahead and move on your day with your day and get excited to help others, be a blessing to others at your job, at home, or online, whatever it is you're called to do. And as you love others and stop focusing so much on your own self and problems, you'll find a lot of those things will take care of themselves. The success of the temple is serving the Lord in the midst of you. As is written, Christ is in you. The Messiah takes residency inside your very heart he's in there guys believe and you will see christ in you the pure in heart see god where are they seeing god matthew 5 they're seeing god in their hearts so the purpose of the daily bread is for the mind and the senses to be steered into god's glory if you are not being caught up into the word by the daily bread that comes down from heaven that means the senses and the mind will be pulled in outward directions, which is the wide path of destruction, which means hell will begin to work against you and you'll be pulled into hell, which is pulled deeper into the natural realm, pulled deeper into the devil's unbelief, pulled deeper into the demons, deeper into sin, deeper into darkness. Faith is what sets you free. And the only truth is the man, Christ Jesus. There's no truth anywhere else, as is written. The Holy Spirit is the truth. Therefore, when the mind is getting to know the Holy Ghost, you're never alone. Emmanuel, he's closer than a brother. You begin to serve the greater one in you. What is written? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I'm not going out into the world. My senses, my mind, will, and emotions are not being sucked outward. I'm going deeper into him within. And by going within, the ladder appears. As is written, they, those who are truly Christians all know about my stairway. 
John 1 51. I am the stairway between heaven and earth, Jesus Christ in the red letters. Amen. The anointed one, the righteous one. And I want to read some of this that we scribed uh, this week because I know it was such an offense for so many people in the glory stream, uh, at least, you know, those who departed from the teaching of righteousness. The offense, which was, it's always interesting to note what the offense is on one hand it doesn't really matter so much what offenses are as long as we overcome them right when it's an offense of truth the stumbling block of truth but it's interesting to pick apart what that is and with that offense being the fact that the moon standing on the moon clothed in the sun is becoming the plumb line for Christianity. Now, I, that stuck with me. I remember noting that, huh, that's interesting because when people are oracles of demons, it's always fascinating. Like a science experiment, you take a note if you see something that's interesting, you know, as you're, you're dissecting the demon, there's some good demonology classes, and you'll learn about some of those things in the academies in heaven. You know, they talk about, you know, the, uh, they talk about Leviathan and uh, there's a Jewish prophecy that someday the Leviathan will be basically rounded up and forced to answer a bunch of questions to the in, to the students before they kill it and eat it and use its carcass for like a decorative tent or something like that. So I always find these things fascinating. But why is it an offense? Why was making the moon as a plumb line offensive to the demons? Now, mind you, there was no quoting of scripture uh, in that offense, there was no logic, no reasoning, only offense because it seemed externally unattainable, right? Because the old creature, the animal soul, isn't able to do it. So it's offensive. That's the part of you that's going to die, actually. The part you put to death, that nefesh life that we talk about every day on the intro, put to death that nefesh. We should have that memorized by now, amen? We do that daily. That's I die daily. I pick up my cross. The cross is the sephirot. So any talk about the cross, but we're not going up. We're not making even progress on Malkut. There's a bigger issue, but I wanted to read a little bit of this scribing so you can understand just how biblical and deep in the prophetic since ancient times that this word is. And it's not in a man or a woman's opinion, but this has been preached by the prophets for a very long time in the Bible, and that is... In Isaiah, it's going to be in chapter 28. And for my uh, students, our scribes, if you want to put in your notes, if you'd like to do an in-depth uh, research on this for your own notes, you'll be able to look that up in Isaiah 28. And you can use any of those resources like Blue Letter Bible, things like that Bible Hub, those notes where you can go into the Hebrew and connect it to your teaching or your training on the holy kabbalah sapphire stones okay so the shocking verse in isaiah exposes the moon secret of righteousness why did many depart from righteousness they were offended that righteousness yasad represented in the moon is the plumb line yet it is written isaiah 28 verse 16 through 17 but the master god has something to say to this watch closely I'm laying a foundation in Zion, a solid granite foundation, squared and true, and this is the meaning of the stone. A trusting life won't topple. I'll make justice the measuring stick, and 
Righteousness, the plumb line for the building. A hailstorm will knock down the shanty town of lies, and a flash flood will wash out the rubble. Right, that's that storm that's coming. You know, the prophets, you know, the prophets that came after Bob Jones, his sons, they talked about the perfect storm. I'm laying a foundation stone in Zion. That phrase in that chapter, in that verse, is literally in the Hebrew, Yasad. So it's literally saying in Isaiah 28, declaring that Yasad righteousness is, in fact, the plumb line. That is the true bride of Christ in the book of Revelation, standing on the moon and clothed in the sun. Revelation 12, 1 through 2. In the message translation, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman dressed all in sunlight, standing on the moon and crowned with 12 stars. She was giving birth to a child and cried out in the pain of childbirth. And that can be your next OOTD, clothed in pure sunlight. Amen. Amen. So this is a total shift in Christianity. What's the prophecy from Mike Bickle? He said that the entire paradigm of Christianity will shift in one generation. The entire expression of Christianity will be paradigm shifted in one generation. It'll be completely different. Guys, the shift is going from the earth to the plumb line of the moon. Okay, that's Revelation 12.1. I saw the bride of Christ standing on the moon. Therefore, this is the verse. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Well, that rock is Yassad, but it's also a mandate on the leaders. If you want to stay Christian leaders, and if you want to stay saved and not be utterly obliterated because of any kind of selfishness, you have to lead people that are higher than you. You have to lead people to the people higher than you. I have always done this because it is a principle in the kingdom of heaven. If there is a prophet or apostle of higher rank and authority than you of the kingdom of heaven, and you are not submitted to him, forget the church politics, forget itinerant ministry, and forget you know denominations. It's about ranking in the angelic realm, real kingdom realities. If you are not vulnerable for your people to go to a rock that is higher than you, to listen to a stone, the stone tablets, the sapphire stones, and those standing on them higher than you, and especially if the leaders will block off the teaching from those higher rocks, you are not only a false leader, you are in danger of being destroyed because you are preventing the children from going to their father. You are now a full-blown anti-Christ Pharisee, guys, how many Christian leaders are blocking the path for the God's kids to go up into the sapphire stones? It's most. You want to see a paradigm shift? All leadership will be sifted like wheat, and only those that lead to the rock that is higher than them shall remain in leadership today and in the days ahead. We need this shifting and this sifting amongst all Christian leaders. It's the leaders that are holding back the flocks. People go and they listen to a leader. All of a sudden, the leader never allows them to leave and go higher than them. 
They don't even allow them to listen to other pastors, other teachers and preachers. And I'm not talking about don't listen to those lower than you because that's actually being a good shepherd. You don't want them eating bad food. What is written, feed my sheep. You want them eating good apostolic food. Mm -hmm. So you have to protect the sheep from eating the rotten poison, the maggots and drinking the poison. Right. But you have to make sure if there is a shepherd from any culture, from any nation that is higher than you, that you are open and available for your people to eat their food. People rarely have ever done that with RLM TV. They're going to have to. This is the angelic standard. As you approach the throne of God, you have to listen and receive from all the thrones of the 24 elders and the higher ranking angels as you go to God. If that is not facilitated by a ministry or a church, guys... They're in a control spirit. They're anti-kingdom. They're not going to be helpful for you to ascend to your Father in heaven. They will be hurtful. They will be blockages. They will say, do not ascend. Do not listen to these higher rocks that are higher than me. They'll actually start to be defensive. They'll start to show the insecurities. They'll start to show the selfishness. You know what's going to be revealed? Carnal leadership and all the soul's inadequacies to be a leader. What is an apostle? A consecrated leader, a consecrated special messenger that's set apart for people to rise to their Father in heaven. If that's not being facilitated in any area of Christianity, be certain that your leaders are full of devils holding you back from rising to God. Amen. He shepherds among the roses, and he shepherds with roses. And what does that mean? It means those who are partakers of the divine nature. The only way to be a partaker of the divine nature, to have it formed in you, is through circumcision of the heart. And what is that heart? The lab that's Yetzirah and Berea, you know, all of that six of the fire rose of the loving kindness, all those qualities of God has said, Gevra, you know, his judgments, his judgments are good. Tiferet, his truth of his written word, written in the sapphire stones before. How many of you know? watching this right now, that the sapphire stones had the word written on them in heaven before they were given to Moses below. It's been written in the heavens. Even the heavens declare his glory. And how many of you know that the heavens Four were... speech. Amen. How many of you know that the heavens were created by God before Moses was standing on the mountain and going onto the sapphire stones to receive the Torah. So it already existed in some aspect and dimension in the Father before it came down. Otherwise, it couldn't exist. Right? The Bibles that we have today couldn't exist unless they were based on a heavenly reality. That's what he said the temple was. The temple, they say, was a type and a shadow based on the heavenly realities. If you read in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, they talk about that they were shadows or a type, a template, the blueprint based off of the heavenly realities. But Jesus' priesthood, when he died on the cross for the forgiveness of the sins of the world, and he had that anointing on him from uh, Mary who anointed him, right? He was crucified and he died. Not one bone was broken. And on the third day, he rose. And then after that, he ascended. So his priesthood, it says that he 
went into the heavenly realities of the temple, the Holy of Holies. He made atonement with his own blood in the higher temple, which means what? If the regular temple that they had back then was just a type and a shadow, a blueprint based off of heavenly realities, then Jesus' priesthood, which is the priesthood of Melchizedek, has to be in the heavens. So the order of Melchizedek is the heavenly priesthood. And what did he do? He didn't just stay in the heavens. He came and he was in the flesh, but he was perfect to redeem us. So he descended, he ascended on high, and he is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And he wants a nation of priests. And right now we are at the head of that. And so that's why this is the order of Melchizedek. This is the priesthood in the heavenlies. This is the understanding of, you know, in part, we understand the wisdom of Moses in the life of the new covenant. We eat his flesh and we drink his blood to remember and to keep the Sabbath. Because anyone who follows the impulse of the Holy Spirit is going to do so when you've had that fresh daily bread. Right? You're being shepherded among the roses, so there's plenty of bread here for you. You just got to receive it. Just eat it. You know, if you put it, food in front of a baby, it's not that hard. They'll just take it and eat it. Some of you just overthink it too much. And you keep putting it in your brain. Just be a child. Enter the kingdom like a child. If Imagine you're in a high chair. You're a little baby spirit. And there's your father providing your bread. Here's your bread for the day. And you just, what do you do? Have you put Cheerios in front of a baby in a high chair? What happens? Some of them might be on the crumbs thrown to the dogs. I used to do that when I was in a high chair. I like to feed the dogs. Some for me, some for them, some for me, you know, share. I liked, I liked them. It's like, you know, because yeah, it's exciting, you know. It's like, it's, it's plenty for everybody. And now mom keeps bringing me Cheerios. It just never ends. I've got a never-ending supply of Cheerios. Enough for me, enough for you, even enough for the little dogs. Amen. So, and that's great faith. That's great faith. There's more than enough for all that you need. And remember, this is a quote. I really love this quote from Apostle Shadrach. That's our that's our pastor in Nairobi, Kenya, who leads the fire base over there. He said, no one has to go down for you to go up. Right? So your ascension doesn't mean you're going to have to pull down somebody. That's very much that charismatic old yeah, church age thinking is that somebody's got to go down for me to go up. They have what I need. They have what I... There's more than enough. Yeah, that's what sorcery mm-hmm. is, sacrificing others for personal gain. Mm-hmm. That's the, the very identity and nature mm-hmm. of the fallen angels. Right. And so you may have only experienced that in charismatic Christianity because that's their pyramid scheme of how things work in the invisible realm because it's lorded over by demons... How do we know it's lorded over by demons? Well, we've had multiple uh, seers being taken by the Holy Spirit. And just in seeing in the invisible realm that all of those churches and those church buildings have actual demons that are in charge of them, that are, you know, hovering over it and receiving the That's sacrifice of Revelation the worship. Revelation 12, 12 says that Satan has been thrown down to the earth. Anyone practicing earthly Christianity and not heavenly Christianity is under demons. Right. So unfortunately, that's the situation. But the good news is if you can enter like a child, you just grab that daily bread like a little baby grabbing Cheerios and just eat. And you'll grow and you'll learn. It's best for you to learn in the house of God, in the divine house, 
in the kingdom. Now, some of you, you might be out there a ways away and you're burdened down with a lot of sin and you struggle. Take heart. That's the struggle everyone pretty much goes through when they want to approach and come near to God. You have to sanctify yourselves, it is written. So don't be dismayed if at first you struggle greatly against sin. Even the most basic sins to overcome, some people may find themselves struggling. If you continue to persist in that struggle, it is worthwhile. You are proving your love and devotion to a God that loves you, that maybe even you barely know him now. If you continue in that struggle, you will break through and you will eventually become a partaker of his nature, which is not a struggle against sin. Do you see how that works? Everyone in heaven and hell is watching and you're tempting, and the hell is tempting you, and God tests the heart, right? God doesn't tempt, but he tests our hearts expecting us to be approved. Both heaven and hell are looking to see who are you going to serve? What are you going to do? Who are you going to choose today? Well, if you come daily, first thing in the morning for your daily bread, which is your daily deliverance and your daily Torah, you know, maybe you're in a rush getting ready for work in the morning, put on the word, get loaded up with the word. Audio Bible is great when you don't have time to sit down before work and put it in your eyes. Getting up a little bit earlier and getting a little bit of time in the eyes is best, but I understand some of you, you might have to work 7.30 a.m. You might be waking up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I know, I've done it. You can take advantage of technology and listen to it on the way to work, listen to it while you're getting ready. And don't have a separation in your mindset when you study the Word. Say, Jesus, work with me today. Jesus, be within my heart and my mind and within my hands and within my eyes all day long. And you begin to work with the Lord, partnering with the Lord. What is written? The Lord has partnered with us in our labors. It is written. Therefore, you have to begin to invite his presence in to every area of your life, not just the religious time of Bible. Right. You want to be living word. 24-7. Yeah, so, so when you clock in, do your job. When you go to work, you clock in. Guess what? You were practicing listening to Bible getting ready that morning. But now you've clocked into work. You're going to practice being Torah, which means the living word made flesh, which means you're going to practice and apply all the Holy Ghost highlights that the Lord highlighted to you that morning, that week, that day, that month, that year. What's the theme? That means that's what you're going to go practice now with your family. Well, let's see. Maybe you got a little bit angry with your spouse in the morning. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You had a dream you didn't know the interpretation to, and it seemed to kind of bother you. You're not sure which kingdom it's from. You stubbed your toe on the way out the door, and it's all you can do, not just you know, curse at the dog, and I can't, I'm so tired, and where, do I even get enough time for a coffee? Clocking into work, oh great, here we go again, you know, oh my boss is so mean to me, they always target me. See, that is the nefesh life, and the nefesh life can be various levels of happy and good, up and down, cursed or blessed, and everything in between under the sun, that's under the sun, Ecclesiastes, time, and chance. When you get into the Torah through the sapphire stones of Jesus Christ with circumcision, even when you begin, just start to begin that journey and you begin to make progress, your life begins to change and shift 
quite dramatically often sometimes it'll be it'll be gradual but the difference is you'll go from that kind of a feeling to waking up oh, so refreshed by the angels oh the angels woke me up they were my alarm clock today well here we go you know you're listening to the word getting ready you feel energized you just loosed something out of you you know, in the morning, oh, it feels much better. All right, really got some stuff out of there for the day. Hallelujah. We're making progress. Been up for 10 minutes and we're doing good, right? I feel the oil of joy. I feel a great hatred toward wickedness and love for righteousness. And then you start to partake of that divine nature and you worship God in everything you're doing as you're getting ready. Instead of thinking, how's everyone going to look at me? Are the boys going to look at me today? You know, you're... I'm putting on the adornments of humility. I'm thinking about the glory of God. Hair represents glory. So you're meditating on the glory of God. Everything you do, you have angels helping you. Ask your holy angels to help you pick out the outfit for the day unless you have a work uniform. And then, you know, your work uniform, when you washed it, and you did wash it, how you know you washed your uniform for work? <laughs> Amen. You put your hand on the on the washing machine and it'll say fresh angelic washing everything you do your whole life from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed is this interactive matrix essentially for you to interact with God through the Holy Spirit to have fun together every day you could begin to be excited what are we going to learn today what's What's the new thing we're going to practice today? And so when you go to work and you feel that initial pressure that they're used to putting on you, now you're armed with not things to just put them down, but you're armed with now more of the kindness and the love of God and this forgiving nature. You don't really take this personal. And now you're getting great wisdom and how to respond to people at work. Now they try to push your buttons. Guess what? You've got restraint. You've got wisdom, you've got prudence, and you're going to speak great wisdom, and it's going to change the atmosphere at work and the way people talk to you, the way they look at you. I feel fire burning in my head right now. The way people will respond to you, it's going to start with you changing, first of all, the response to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God, and then changing your response to the sinners you deal with in the workplace or at home. And eventually, your life is going to look just worlds different than what it used to. You're excited and happy and full of peace, love, and joy when you wake up. If every day is just anxiety and worry, worried about destiny, anxious about the enemy, no matter how high you go in the Sephirot, that's not something that warfare is an excuse for that kind of a sin, right? So if there is constant anxiety and constant worry, that means something is wrong and it's something that can be fixed. How? Through revelation in the word of God, which means our thoughts, our mind, our attitude, and our actions have to change to align with God's word. A lot of people don't realize that the whole world is uncircumcised of heart. So, to gain favor, understand when Joseph rose in favor to second in charge of Egypt, which was the superpower, it was the USA of the ancient times, 
and he was higher than even Pharaoh, and Pharaoh acknowledged that, that he became the ruler and the prince of Egypt, and basically was anointed king of the entire universe. So how did he grant, get so much favor as a Jew amongst Gentiles? You want to know a secret? Joseph circumcised the entire nation of Egypt. Every Egyptian male was circumcised by Joseph. <laughs> so if you want the favor of Joseph, you will have to circumcise everyone around you with the sword of the Spirit, the word of God from your mouth. And if they're uncircumcised, don't expect to have favor. Amen. And you'll do it with the Lashon HaKadosh. That was the secret of Joseph. The one language that he knew that Pharaoh did not know was the holy tongue, which is speaking words of purity, speaking words of righteousness, and let no unholy words come out of your mouth. So that's a focus this season. The language the holy of Ghost. Shekinah. Amen. So whenever you're speaking... And I know a lot of people had the Holy Ghost highlight on this. That's something the Lord is doing in his people this season. This is a hot topic right now in the spiritual realm is refraining from speaking any words that aren't holy. That doesn't mean thee thou shalt and also thine and unto thee and thine. No also. religion in the Lashan HaKadosh. <laughs> no. Lashan HaKadosh is holy, which means holy speech or holy tongue in Hebrew, because the, these are the words of Shekinah. Now, this is something the Spirit of God wants to say to you tonight. The purpose of studying the Scriptures and the daily bread is for connection to Shekinah, and the words connected to Shekinah, that, those are the Lashan HaKadash. That is the Holy Speech. That's how you circumcise your families and your whole city and your whole marketplace. And the more you circumcise the marketplace, guess what? Just like Joseph, the more favor you'll have. Amen. And it will transform your workplace. I remember before I, you know, learned some lessons of my jobs, I would get pulled into those circumstances where the people and their demons, they tempt you to sin, right, with your mouth, to be like them, or just to be, you know, that's the pull of the nefesh on your blood to the demonic. So you don't want to be influenced by people who aren't serving God at work, and you don't want to get pulled into just, oh, just be nice because it's false love. But when you can be speaking those Shekinah-filled words of the sword of his mouth that comes out, it's the word of God, and it's a holy tongue, and you respond not going down into the mud, not going down into those ways, you know, that when people speak a certain way, where it's a common culture thing to be, you know, a certain type of sin, whatever category it is, every workplace has its own demons, right? When you begin to speak with wisdom, speak those Shekinah words, just like Brandon said, you're going to begin circumcising them. When I begin refraining from the unholy words in my workplaces and beginning to speak the Holy Spirit-inspired words, it doesn't mean everything was a sermon, although they did get quite a few sermons, as you can imagine, which was really fun. When God provides an opening for it, it's blessed. So those are the words that are going to transform the work atmosphere. So either this is what's going to happen. Either you're going to pass your test and get a new job and know when there changes, that can happen. But oftentimes what will happen is you pass your test. You speak how you're supposed to act and work how you're supposed to, which is a good work ethic, right? A good 
good word and good deed, right? So good faith, great faith and great works all at your workplace. And what that's going to do is it brings those judgments, which is a good thing because it causes people to change and softens their heart to the glory of God and to being restored to their father. So what you'll find, and this is what I found that engaging in that more and more, eventually the workplaces were transformed and by the end of the job you know the person or the people in charge would come and say you know whether you've been here a long time or not you made a difference it changed so it was pressure pressure persecution some highs and a lot of lows a lot of testing a lot of trial but what was it for it was to get ready to go cosmic into cosmic righteousness i had no idea so oftentimes, those little things at work that you think people are just giving you a hard time, that's the Lord trying to work something out of you and not them because you don't understand how much refinement you actually need to go cosmic. Mm -hmm. The more foreskins you have on your heart, the more you'll blame others instead of dealing with it in yourself. That's the nature of the hypocrite Satan that's being cut progressively out of all of us as we're continuously sanctified by the Lashan HaKadosh, which is the Holy Word. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 in the Amplified. Yet we speak wisdom amongst those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding, but it is a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers and the leaders of the age who are passing away. What is the wisdom, Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, spoken amongst the mature? It is the language of the glory realm. It is every word that magnifies glory, that magnifies the presence of the Holy One of Israel. An immature child in Christ doesn't know how to speak yet, Paul says. Why? Because their words do not value the Shekinah because there isn't a study to show themselves approved to live for the presence of his glory. A person that is unsanctified does not yet value Shekinah, therefore cannot value the word which is the door to Shekinah. First John says, God is light. God is Shekinah. What's the purpose of scripture? What's the purpose of the holy speech? All of it is to elevate Shekinah. How do you go from glory to glory? By speaking words of glory, valuing the glory that the word produces by consecrating and sanctifying our hearts. Every other activity in our life can come into the glory according to speech and circumcision. And the actions in the glory realm are always to value and magnify Shekinah. So what is a dead work? A work that doesn't magnify Shekinah. A work that doesn't connect souls to Shekinah. Worthless. I don't even care if it's getting water to the thirsty. If it doesn't magnify Shekinah, God's not doing it. You're in strange fire. You're a worker of iniquity. You're a religionist and your father's the devil. It's the truth anyhow. But the human righteousness must be obliterated for the righteousness of the glory of the Holy Spirit who will often purposely contradict the self-righteousness of the religious nature of men and women in order to reveal himself and reveal us as wicked. Wicked yet worthy, it is written. 
while you're, we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. What what is he? He loves the potential of producing His holiness in us if we're willing to give up the unholiness, the wickedness, the self righteousness, the religiosity, the lust for pleasure, the lust of the eyes, the lust for lust, the greed for covetousness, and all the self gratification of Satan that needs to be obliterated. So there's a gratification of the glory. When you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, your actions, your thoughts, your words, your tongue, every aspect of your life begins to get consecrated. What does it even mean to be consecrated? It means that you live now to serve and value the Shekinah glory. If that area of your life does not have glory in it, is not glorified, that's where you need the consecration of the Word. That's where you go and study. Because that's an area that is still dead in sin, full of dust and damnation, that gets obliterated by the sword of the Spirit. And everything that the sword cuts out, glory fills. What is written, I myself will be a wall of fire round about you and the glory within. That comes by the word going forth and cutting out, which is the circumcision of the heart, everything that needs to go into the lake of fire. Amen. That's so powerful. And the only thing that keeps us separate from evil is that we use the sword to circumcise ourselves right so when these words are going out we circumcise ourselves so what does that mean you have rungs you have circumcisions that's the only thing that keeps us from being hypocritical christians what is the hypocrite christian it's judging others finding sin seeing sin in others oh they have sin over there they have sin over there Oh, that's obviously sin and you're pointing out oh that's sinful that's sinful well we're a nice good christian but you have no circumcision and you have all that wickedness internally that's the evidence of hypocritical uh christianism which uh let's look at this in isaiah 66 what does it have to say so that's that's the definition of a hypocrite believer is only attacking others with the sword of the spirit but never circumcising yourself so if you have malkut circumcised fully then you go to yasad which is the plumb line like we've already established that's also written in the book of isaiah and then you have that fully circumcised and then you go to hod and so on that's the order of righteousness that's the heavenly order of melchizedek of whom jesus is the high priest okay so isaiah 66 verse 3 the acts of the hypocrites worship are as abominable to God as if they were offered to idols. So when you live the Christian lifestyle and Christian culture, but you fail to circumcise your heart, which means your heart of Malkut, Yasad, Had, Netzah, Tiferet, those are not circumcised. That means if you're not making progress in sanctification of circumcision that means your worship is the same as idol worship so when you go to worship god the acts of the hypocrites worship are as abominable to god as if they were offered to idols it says here he who kills an ox then will be as guilty as if he slew and sacrificed a man. He who sacrifices a lamb 
or a kid as if he broke a dog's neck and sacrificed him. He who offers a cereal offering as if he offered swine's blood. He who burns incense to God as if he blessed an idol. Such people have chosen their own ways and they delight in their abominations. So I also will choose their delusions and mockings, their calamities and afflictions, and I will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not listen or obey. But they did what was evil in my sight and chose that in which I did not delight. So we want to take that, you know, we want to take that very seriously, that hypocritical Christian lifestyle Praise and worship lifestyle to God, Christian lifestyle. You know, I'm living the Christian life. It's a Christian lifestyle. I do, I do healings. I do miracles. I worship God. I experience the glory. Oh, but guess what? No circumcision. That hypocritical worship is all counted as idol worship in God's eyes. A form of godliness that denies the power thereof or external self-righteousness that denies the stairway and the ladder to God's throne that Jesus Christ said he was in John 1.51. I love this, though. The plumb line today is, are we on the stairway? Are we on the ladder going rung to rung, glory to glory? Or are we just in some kind of human Christianity? That is the plumb line of sheep Christians and goat Christians in the whole world right now. And it couldn't be more simple. The issue is God wants all Christians to be sheep Christians. What does it mean to be a sheep Christian? You are in the sheep pen, Psalms 23, which means you're doing the works that please the Father. You're ascending to your Father. You're going into the Father's house. You're eating the Father's food. You're doing the Father's works. You're speaking the Father's language of wisdom. Therefore, there is a progression towards the Father in every area of your life. And that's true of many of you. That's real Christianity, that every area of your life is being developed unto the Father of glory. Any area of your life that is dead is ready to be pruned. Give that to the Holy Spirit and His angels tonight to cut it off you, because that will steal your time, that'll steal your tongue, your, your speech, that'll steal your finances, that'll steal the, the health and the blessing and the peace in your relationships. There's all kinds of dead stuff, because the enemy comes and tries to corrupt everything that comes from God that's in the parable of the sower, sow, and seed. Right after you receive stuff from God, then the devil comes and tries to get you to receive something from him so that he can choke it out and steal it into his kingdom, no matter what it was from God. For the enemy is a thief that only comes to steal. It is written. That's the nature of all the kingdom of hell, is to steal and be thieves constantly of the things of God, the goodness of God, the prosperity of God, the health of God, the wisdom and the clarity and the brightness of his light and the light of God. So if we can have a, a wisdom that guards those things and we we guard those things by serving God in the presence of his glory. Apostle Paul said, put on the armor of light. So light, Shekinah glory, is the protection of the things of God. So when the enemy comes, light strikes it down. Out of the light of the glory cloud comes thunder and lightning to strike enemies down. This is a cloud of God's kingdom that can deal with any enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So why do we put on the armor of Shekinah, as we're commanded to in the New Testament? To protect 
all the things of God from going into the enemy's camp to empowering the enemy. So many Christians, because they don't value the Shekinah, read the word for the Shekinah, do their actions for Shekinah, give their offerings and tithes to increase and magnify Shekinah, to build the house of God Shekinah, the glory, the Shekinah of the latter house will be greater than the former house, which means there will be a people that learn how to live for the presence of His glory with all the areas of their life, even areas that are completely unknown to them now, as they go from glory to glory up the ladder of Jesus Christ into the realms of angels that live in a different degree of glory. One degree to another degree. Guess what happens when you go to the greater degree? 2 Corinthians 3.18, we're in the degrees of glory now, the degrees of Shekinah, the measurements of light. Jesus grew in measurements of light until he was 33, until he was the exact degree and measurement of the Father. Hebrews 1.3, it is written, So are you and I growing in the degrees, growing in the rungs of Shekinah until you're the exact outrain brilliance of the Father. That means every area of your life, your marketplace, your finance, your car, your family, all of it's perfected. Guess what burns? All of it burns and gets tested in fire as you go up. So the first couple rungs in the earth, the four rungs that are in the earth, mineral level, plant level, animal level, human level, to get under Yasad, to get that standard plumb line of a regular Christian today in this generation, it's going to burn up all the enemy in a perimeter around you to rise up in a cylinder of fire, in a fire tunnel. We've had enough fire tunnels in church. Now we need fire tunnels to the moon. Otherwise, you're not even in Christianity at all. Truth anyhow. Amen. That's a powerful word. And one of the uh, pieces of the armor of God, the one that's mentioned in the Book of Wisdom, is the invincible shield of holiness. That is a high-ticket item on the, in the armory of God. And they talk about the champions bringing down the armory of God. It's time to get into righteousness, purity, holiness. Because what are you going to do when the devil comes to try and steal from you? If you are blazing with the shield of invincible holiness. There's not a chance he's going to take that thing. So having that activated, oiled, and set ablaze and continuing in purity and righteousness is going to be very powerful. Pray every day for an invincible shield of holiness and wherever you slip up, ask for forgiveness of your sins. Be restored, be healed, be set anew on the path of righteousness, holiness, purity. And how do you produce righteousness? How do you produce that? We saw in our study online that we posted that it takes discipline. So a lot of people don't like discipline. If you come from Jezebel's Tower Church Christianity, they train you and traumatize you through demonic influence so that you have trauma and when you get disciplined or scourged or chastised by a true father or true mother it triggers that trauma wound and then it sets the person into a oh no no it's happening again it's happening this is the same thing they did this to me and da 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 and no you have to understand this is cosmic righteousness god has your best interest in mind but you have to come to a realization is that under the sun, Christianity in the earth, under Jezebel's tower, that was not 
that was not the true picture of Christianity. That was not actually serving God and him alone. It was a multitude of demons and extreme demoniacal wisdom of their entrapment and imprisonment of the Christian race. And why do I say Christian race? Because if you're born again and you have the inner man of Shekinah that's full of light and alive, you're a Christian even buried under the dust, but now it's time to arise from the dust of the earth, get circumcised, and receive the discipline and the training that's written about in the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 10. For our, fa our earthly fathers disciplined us only for a short period of time and chastised us as seemed proper and good to them, but he, God, disciplines us for our certain good, that we may become sharers in his own holiness without holiness one will see will see the lord so you need discipline for holiness to see the lord and you can check it out it's on our page brandon and rebecca barthrop on facebook we've got more in-depth teaching on that if you want to learn the effect of righteousness and what is that peace and quietness and confident trust forever and that takes the place of the worries the fears the negative emotions. So if you want to deal with that in a great way, I want to encourage you to find our Facebook page. It might be linked below. If not, we'll get the links for you. Check it out on our Facebook page. You can follow us there and just go in and take your time and read it slowly and read it prayerfully and let that be activated in your life to live a life of peace and confident trust in God, in Jesus Christ, Yadevavhe, forever. Amen. Bless you guys. Let all of your hearts be sealed with the living word of God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit become your nature. Let the Holy Spirit change your actions, change your thoughts, and change your words to speak the language of the Holy Spirit, the language of a son. Amen. And as you begin to speak, you will rise on the very words of holiness that you speak out of your mouth. It will guide and direct all the course of your life into the heavenly glory. In Jesus' name, bless you guys. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, 
We carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality. And in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.